3: It loose. It's hit that hate I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil ain't no truth. Crazy the level, saying the devil, say the truth. And look them in his eye when the enemy faces. <laughs> hate that hate produce. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil, ain't no food. Crazy another level, saying the devil, say the truth. And look them in his eye when the enemy facing you. <laughs> <new. laughs> The British and the Romans and the goddamn Greek and no peace, Yeah, us to work with Paul You speak his language too violent with John's blade. The word I'm saying
4: negotiating with Satan it's the I'm sending bullets that
3: but well, it's the most? Killing devils on different levels, concocting coasters to stop them from encroaching. On our way to life, I got a knife to slit his throat with. If my people hyped, because what I write is always dope, so I can't take it loose, it's the hate that hate produced. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil ain't no truth. Raising another level, saying the devil say the truth. And look a minute out I win, the enemy's facing you. I can't take it loose, it's the hate that hate produced. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil ain't no oh, truth. Another level, sing the Take a step in my lane. I'm projecting the pain. Visions and pictures in my veins of a tortured and slain. So many sons and daughters slaughtered from known under name. Bringing my eyes to the situation is where I came. Shake and beat that nation growing sterling. Hawkins, Tarby, Mugabe, Pilot, kick, run them all away. Kitty, occupy the pedology. How to God's way. Try life, and I don't. And broad thing, but I'm clean and watch me twir about it. Big you in my pocket, I ain't worried about it. I go from Florida to Baggins do my promise. behind we it. I call for balance, we care about Yeah, yeah, Murder. <laughs> these devils? It's divine order. We got the I reject the mixing like all the water. Africa for Africans. the world strong. Like they shut them borders down and let us get a purge on I can't take it loose. It's the hate that hate produced. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil. Ain't no truth. Raisin' another level, saying the devil Say the truth. And look no the minute I win, the enemy facing you. I can't shake it loose. It's the hate that hate produced. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil. Ain't no truth. another level, the devil and look them in and die when the enemy's faking you This ain't no kumaya, i my yacht is uh-huh. a war That's my war, cry, double H, Pam, is wartime. war time wanted all, with peaceful coexistence? Christmas uh-huh. And to separation, he's violently resistant Who uh-huh. protect, fooling, high, it's a deck when bullets fly uh-huh. The devil won't change, it uh-huh. needs to be euthanized The stupidest, foolish mind, you will get used to blind uh-huh. Suicide, trust in this cracker, and you All play that talk is juvenile and really don't hold no way Fighting hate with love sounds
2: great in theory, but never ever ever was in history. Name one place, yeah, that this cracker went. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Name one
3: place, yeah, that this cracker left alone. I bet that they was war prone. Keep on peace in your wardrobe and know the world's a war zone. I can't shake it loose, it's the hate that hate produced. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil, ain't no truth. Raise it another level, saying the devil say the truth. And look 'em in his eye when the enemy facing you. I can't shake it loose, it's the hate that hate produce. I'm here to break the loose and fight the devil, ain't the no truth. Raise it another level, saying the devil say the truth. And look 'em in his eye when the enemy. Ooh. <coughs>
5: What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna open it up for Black Minkara. Black Power, who Minkara is, you?
6: Black Power, my hotel, TV Folie, going on by the phone.
5: Um, I'm, I'm feeling good, ready, you know, ready to hear the dialogue, um, you know, ready to hear the dialogue between you and um, Bob Williams, but also ready to engage, also. So, um, you know, just have a have a nice night tonight. That's what I plan on doing. So, you know, I'm gonna get. Let me see. I'm gonna get this line open real quick and see if that's him. Do you have any words you want to put in before I open this line? Brother Micah rock
6: Yes, brother. Um, other than the fact that um, it's a pleasure always having the elder on. Um, he's one of our last greats. Uh, my grandfather was born 1925. He was born in 1930. So, you know, to 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 have a more than a half a century of information is apparent that we bring them on and, uh, you know, diffuse a lot of information that's going on, how it pertains to the youngsters. So it's always a pleasure to have an elder come on. i
1: say, without
5: further ado, let me open this line up right now. Uh, my old chap, this is Bobby Williams.
7: My hotel. My hotel, my brother.
5: All, all right, my hotel, Doctor Walter Wells. How are you tonight, brother? Welcome
7: uh, back. I'm good doing great. Night. How are you all doing tonight?
5: I'm doing well. Welcome, welcome, Black. This feet on the ground radio. You know, we glad to have you. Glad to have you back on the line, and um, you know, engage you, and, and you know, engage you with some good conversations, or you know, some mind, some mind opening things, and you know, just. Um, just waiting to build with you Dr. Walter Williams, you know, um brother brother he's gonna drive tonight, but I'm gonna be in the background. We got callers already waiting in, um, to ask some questions.
7: But you know, we just wanna we just wanna get a nice conversation in tonight. Okay, well I'm here to do just that. And I wanna uh, make a correction uh to Minkara. Um he got me a year Older than what I am. But anyway, I was born 1931 instead of 30, Brother Minkara.
6: Okay, Elder, my bad. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's, you don't have to
7: it, 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 I'm just having fun, that's all. So just make that a little correction.
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but do you want to open up with a question before me and him into uh, the topic for tonight or into some subject matter?
5: Huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, the first thing that I just want to ask Dr. Walter Williams, what he's been up to in the in the past couple months, and what things that he and what things does he have on his agenda that the people can get involved in before we set it off
7: Well, I've been doing a lot of talk radio shows, especially blog talk radio shows, um, for the last couple of months, and uh, actually for the last. I would say a year and a half, you know. And uh, there's a lot of information that I have put out there on uh, the blog talk Internet and uh, from various shows that I have been on, you know. So I'm doing that. And then my wife and I, we are co-authoring a book, uh, our third book, uh, which the title of that book is called Dispelling Myths of Ancient Egypt. Um, and that book, I'm very excited about that book, and, uh, we are just about, uh, getting it ready to uh, be published. Uh, the excitement that I am, uh, having about that book is that the information that's in the book, uh, the first chapter in that book is, uh, um, it's called The Repudiation of the Hyksos. Uh, in that chapter, I'm giving lots of information. It's loaded. It's pregnant with new information, things that our African community should know and read about, you know. And because that's all part of our history. Now, when I say part of our history, is that I'm repudiating that. So that's not part of our history, but it is part of our history because it is uh, the Hyksos is embedded. Uh, and included in the chronologies of ancient Egypt, so the second chapter I have in there is called uh, in fact, I give a warning to all African scholars and teachers, intellectuals, and students do not use the chronologies of ancient Egypt, such as the first dynasty, the second dynasty and, uh, first and second dynastic king and uh, Uh, 18th Dynasty and so forth and so on. So I'm giving a warning to all African scholars, teachers, and intellectuals and students. Do not use the chronologies of ancient Egypt. The reason being is that uh, these chronologies are created by Western academia using the Bible to do so. You see, our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, never wrote a history of themselves, never, never. They left us a a moral legacy in stone of emergency. They left us the Great Pyramid, 490 uh, stories high, Um, the base on all four sides. Uh, Each side of the base of the pyramid measures 756 square feet wide. And they left us the Sphinx. Uh, The Sphinx is one city block long. And uh, six stories high with an African face carved in stone. So they left us uh, those markers, and plus they left us art, they left us literature, and they brought forth civilization for all of humanity. Uh, they were the only literate people on planet Earth during the time of antiquity. And antiquity means ancient times. Uh, literacy means that they created the alphabet, the world's first alphabet ever created on planet earth that alphabet makes an individual literate and uh, because that alphabet uh, enables an individual after learning an alphabet how to read write spell and etc. So it makes you literate then they uh, create all forms of mathematics uh, in order for them to have built the great pyramid they need uh, the knowledge of mathematics and that is what's uh, they create in order to build that great pyramid and sphinx and uh, so forth and so on. So, um, and then uh, um, the third chapter in there um, is, in, oh, in fact, let me, uh, about, since I'm on the chronology, I give an uh, illustration of five different chronologies in there to give you an example as to why we as an African people cannot use their chronologies because it was written by Western academia using the Bible to do so. So and then going to my third chapter in that book, um uh, the repudiation of the Persian biblical existence. There's uh, and I break all that down and uh, uh whereby and give the information whereby the the reader of this book could understand exactly why i'm saying that and then the fourth chapter i uh, uh, i have an appendix in my historical origin of christianity book the appendix is on why the modern hieroglyphics has never been deciphered so i uh, uh writing another appendix onto the appendix why because i uh, have new information as to why the metanature hieroglyphics has never been deciphered. And I'm bringing forth to the Western, I'm sorry, bringing forth to our African community um, the term the rebus system. So the rebus system has a lot to do with uh, the hieroglyphics, what the Europeans have done with that system. So I'm revealing what they have done to that system. And I get a lot of uh, questions let's say, challenges, especially from our African community about the hieroglyphics. A lot of the brothers and sisters think that the hieroglyphics have been deciphered. The hieroglyphics will never, ever be deciphered. So uh, I go off into that fourth chapter. And then the most exciting chapter in this particular book is that uh, I'm pulling the wool off of and, uh, and exposing uh, the Sumerian, cuneiform myths exposed and my wife has, has been doing over three years of in-depth research on uh, the Sumerian and cuneiform myth and so uh, this is this book is going to be very very informative uh, to our African community because our African community as I uh, have been out here for 41 years going on 42 years I, get, I have, I over the years uh, of that time I have gotten uh, uh, I've had a lot of people in African communities come up to me and say what about the uh, the, uh, the Sumerians and what about the cuneiforms so forth and so on so I'm putting all that to rest by bringing out uh, in fact we are I'm saying in this book my wife and I are bringing out the information that is needed to explain to you what uh, the Sumerians Uh, which has never been a Sumerian, and the cuneiform is all about. So I'm very excited about that new book coming out. So that's uh, some of the things that we've been working on. And then I've been doing uh, some lecturing uh, in Detroit and uh, places like that, and um, I'm going uh, 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 going to New York uh, this coming February, uh, invited there. I'm going to Greenville, Mississippi in the Bible Belt in April uh, for a three-day workshop down there. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm going to do a a uh, next month I'm going to be on radio um, doing a um, three-hour three uh, interview about why there's never been a man who ever walked earth in uniform, been a race preacher, colored by the name of Jesus Christ. And that uh that's gonna be on like on the twenty third, uh two days before uh the mass for Christ. So I'm looking forward to a lot of exciting things. And I'm also excited to be here with you guys. So here I am. Yes sir, yes
5: sir. Well you know, uh, I hope y'all I know y'all got a, a good a good grasp of the things that um, the, the doctor has going on, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to, because I know uh, I wanted to go to the lines real quick and just and just let them ask a question real fast, see what initial questions they have before we go to Brother Mankara and then we, uh, you know, just to just to keep things going and make sure that the audience get a little, you know, get a little bit because I know how
7: these discussions go. So yes, I, I can understand that and I appreciate that. And open up the lines. Let's go. Yeah, let's see. Let's see right here.
5: Uh, Washington, D.C. Want to go Washington, D.C. already? Black Power, Washington, D.C. So you, state your name, and if you got a question for Dr. Walter Williams, please come with it. Hello? 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 Washington. okay i'm
8: i i didn't even know i was online um now I just want to just congratulate um uh the uh, the elder walter williams um i do currently have his book both of his books of the historical i mean um the historical origins of uh christianity and the um historical origins of uh islam um, i was able i was able to read through um the entire book of the um christianity and i haven't yet um done my um, uh, reading through the, uh, Islam. But, um, I just want to just thank the, uh, the elder for, um, these two books. And, um, I'll be looking forward to, um, the other book he was just, um, mentioning. Um, I was, I was blessed to find out, um, to, to meet the elder through his literature. So I just want to say, uh, thank you and black power to the elder.
7: And thank you so much, young man. I certainly appreciate your enthusiasm over my works and, uh, I want to tell you, may I hold up to you and keep on studying and investigating. Yes, sir. Thank you. Listen, brother, this is how, this is, this
5: is how I'm going to do for you right now. If, you, if you'll if put your line on mute, right, so then I won't have to go back and forth muting your line, and then later on in the show, I'll open it back up for questions, and if you got a question, I'll just come to you, and you just unmute your line and just come on in. Is that all right? Okay, we'll do we'll do a mutant right now. All right, thank you, chief. All right, all right. go on down here. Let's see. Georgia Black Power. State your name, and if you got a question for Doctor Walter Williams, please come with it. Um,
4: hi. I don't have a question. I'm just listening right now.
1: Oh, and my name is MyQueen. So. I don't know what to say.
5: All right. Black power.
4: Black power.
5: All right. And young lady says she's just listening. Well, if you got a question later on, just come on in, put your line on mute, and come on in a little bit. That's my little one. That's my little one listening in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see right here. uh, Oh, oh! By accident, I muted Doctor Walter Williams line by accident. I apologize, Doctor. I apologize, Doctor. That was that was my daughter though, on the line. She listening in.
2: Oh, wonderful! Can you hear me?
5: Yeah, I can hear you now. Excuse me.
2: I, oh, that's okay.
5: No problem.
7: Uh that yeah, that was your daughter, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful that you got your daughter involved in our our our, our, our consciousness.
5: Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I know you have. She'll have some questions in a little while. She you know, I know she up there thinking of something. But um we're gonna go down go down the line real quick. We got a couple more and then we'll we'll get to um brother Minkara. Hold on one minute. Let's see, uh I'll hear our brother Griff. Brother Griff, what's going on out there in Ohio? Black power.
9: Black power. Oh yeah brother Griff. My hotep elder Walter Williams.
7: Yeah, who to you, brother Griff.
9: My own tips are your queen, too. I know she holding you down over there.
7: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No doubt.
9: I just wanted to ask you, um, first of all, I want to tell you real quick, Like you you got me hit listening to Sun right now. I've been breaking down a couple of it. He got a lot of work, too.
7: Okay. Well, I, I didn't play in the orchestra with him. I played in small combos okay. uh, that we played around and gigs around Chicago in. Um, okay. So I just want to make that distinction uh, in my uh, playing and associating uh, with uh, Sun Ra. Yeah.
9: yeah, I saw like he said he a lot of his a lot of his uh, band. He just he'd pick different members. He said based on the type of vibration he got from them. So you might not, from what he when I, when I was hearing him speak, he's saying like you know he might not be dealing with people necessarily with a heavy musical background, but. They might have a certain type of vibration and then have a certain skill set or whatever instrument that they play, but they might not necessarily be, you know, a master of that instrument. So I thought that was interesting. He didn't have necessarily no no criteria other than, uh, you know, kind of more, more of a spiritual type of thing as opposed to just being able to actually, you know, be a master at it, whatever instrument you was playing. Was that kind of how it was?
7: No, that's that's not how it was. Uh, I played the saxophone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I met Sun Ra before he organized his orchestra.
9: Okay.
7: Because when I met Sun Ra, it was back in the uh, late 40s and early 50s we played together. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a... He was the musical director for a nightclub called Club de Lisa here. He wrote um, the, uh, wrote for the, the whole show. The, he, he wrote the, uh, the arrangements for the band. He wrote the, uh, uh, the arrangements for the music for the floor shows because he used to have uh, floor show dancers and comedians and singers and stuff like that. So anyway, we would play uh, – in uh small combos like we would have some Ra played the piano and we have a bass and a drum and then I you know I had I played the saxophone, had a trumpet player and so forth and so on. So we would play in uh different locations in Chicago but in in, in this small combo group. Now this is before he organized the orchestra. When he when he organized the orchestra, I had gotten married at that time. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't uh, devote my time to, let's say, playing music, because I had a wife and I had a, a a child. So therefore, I had to devote my time to taking care of my family. So I, uh, you know, I didn't involve myself with him anymore. Otherwise, I cut off uh, that relationship. But before that relationship was cut off, uh, there was a lot of information. Uh, that Sun Ra had imparted to me and to the other young guys that came around him. Because, see, Sun Ra was, uh, was a man that was old enough to be our fathers, see. So I met Sun Ra right out of high school, you know, and started playing uh, music uh, together. Because we used to go to his, his apartment and uh, in, in the evening, and uh, we would play music. And then after we got through playing music, uh, he would philosophize all night, all the way up until the daybreak the next morning. So we were up there with him, and uh, and the thing that uh, stuck with me was that he told us that we were descendants of the greatest people that's ever walked this earth, known to us today in history of the ancient Egyptians, and that really stuck with me. Uh, I didn't realize what um, how important that would become in my life in later years until... Uh, I went to Italy, uh, and I was 44 years old, riding the bus in Italy. And um, uh, on the bus tour, they were showing us things around Rome uh, that the Italians had achieved and so forth and so on. So I felt very bad because uh, I was thinking that I was a Negro and that I had nothing to show the world. That a you know Negroes had achieved, which I was wrong. I didn't. I wasn't into this knowledge that I, I that I'm in now or have been into it for 41, going on 42 years. So anyway, I was 44 years old. I was in 1975, and when the uh, tour guide on the Rome bus said, "When the Italians," no, she said, "When the Romans went to Egypt." to receive their civilization, uh, a big bright light just lit up inside of me, just like that. And I said to myself, I said, if these Europeans went to Egypt to receive their civilization, and somehow told me, us guys that came around him, that we were descendants Of these great African people, known in history as the ancient Egyptians, I said I better go uh, and get some books and began to study uh, and read up on the history of our our ancestors, ancient Egyptians. So when I got back to America, I got me a magnifying glass and every pictorial book that I could find that depicted ancient Egyptian pictures and. Uh, what I was doing with my magnifying glass was looking at the faces that were depicted in these books as being ancient Egyptians. I want to find out whether these pictures that are listed as ancient Egyptians, did they look like me? Did they look like you? Did they look like us as an African people? And once I was convinced of that, I was on my way. So here I am today. So that's a little short overview on my uh, association and, uh, uh, with Sun Ra.
9: One last question: Where are you at with the museum? Are you getting ready? You still going to plan on getting that back up and running, or, or what's the status on that? Or do you want to speak on it at this point?
7: Well, this is okay. Uh, I uh, I opened the, the the ancient Egyptian museum uh, March eleventh, nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. and that day it was uh, it was warm. It was seventy five degrees in Chicago in March uh and the sun was bright and the door swung open because I had brought I, I bought a uh, an old mansion and I remodeled it and, and put a, a museum in there and an institution in there where I taught classes and so forth and so on in there. So anyway that day it had over four hundred people just flowing in and out of it that uh that museum and I was just oh our ancestors were so elated that I did that and as I talk now I'm getting chills just thinking about it so I'm glad you brought that up that really really uh, brings back good memories and I kept that museum open for uh, 11 years and I closed it in, in the year in January 2001 so that's been like 15 years ago 15-16 years ago so I have my artifacts, I have them, and uh, uh, right now I'm I'm, I'm uh, thinking about what I can do with them to have them be uh, exposed to our African community. And, oh, another thing I want to tell you, on the opening of that date, the date that the museum opened, March 11, 1990, uh, I invited... Uh, Dr. Delbert Blair to be uh the keynote speaker there. So he came and I got it all on video and so forth and so on. So he came and uh he uh was the keynote speaker and uh it was it was a very exciting day. So I uh, that would be in my life as long as I live. That was a very uh beautiful historical day that uh that happened. March 11th, 1990. So thanks
9: again for bringing that up. No doubt. Make sure like, if you need like, uh, any type of financial assistance or whatnot, to try to maybe make that happen again, that brother born in the family, know. to can try to, you know what I'm saying? Put some coins together, assist you, you know what I'm saying? In any way that we can.
6: Okay. Well, you
7: know, I appreciate you. That makes me feel very humble. Uh, that you are offering this. That's very, very beautiful. But no, I don't need any uh, finance or anything like that. Um uh I uh, I'm I, you know, I, I can oh I don't there's need no finance. So I but I certainly appreciate that. That is that's very humbling to me for you to speak those words and offer uh that financial assistance uh to me. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, but I, uh, but I don't, I don't need
9: it. Uh, or, or or anything you might need. Oh, you know, there might not be no money, but you might need, you know, some other type of resources, people power, manpower, or just people to kind of maybe advertise for you stuff like that. So, because I, I would hate to you not to be able to, like you said, to our people to be able to uh, still get the knowledge and wisdom from from those things you possess. Once you know, what I'm saying, as time goes on.
7: Yeah, I I appreciate that, too. And what I want you to do is keep on being conscious of who you are and who we are and who our ancestors are. We must unify by becoming aware that we need a national identity, a nation to identify with. We don't have that at this present moment in this country. We need to unify around ancient Egypt. Don't, don't use Kemet. Please don't use that. Because, see, the world knows our ancestors as the ancient Egyptians. Very important. So I know that there's a lot of brothers and sisters who use that term, Kemet. Please don't use that. Use ancient Egypt because the world, other than the African community, knows our ancestors as being the ancient Egyptians. So keep that legacy uh, and uh, identification going to identify our ancestors as being the ancient Egyptians. Um, You must identify yourself as being an African ancient Egyptian. That means that you're distinguishing yourself uh, and making a difference from those white Arabs over there in Egypt who today will tell the world, because they live in Egypt, that they are Egyptians. And they can do that because they live over there in Egypt. So that qualifies them to say that they are Egyptians. That gives, a a a sense, a uh, misleading message to the world because until we step up, because in order to be an African ancient Egyptian who uh, are descendants of the people, those Africans who built the Great Pyramid and Sphinx and brought civilization to all of humanity, you have to be an African in order to be an African ancient Egyptian. That as, as qualifies you, us, and all other Africans in this uh, hemisphere over in, in North America. Uh, we have to claim... Uh, ancient egyptian ancestors because our greatness is lying unclaimed in the continent of africa why because we are over here in north america at this very moment calling ourselves black negro and african americans black and negro is synonymous because that's a, a, a spanish name given to the moors um so therefore when you say i'm black you're, uh, you're saying that you're a negro and then Jesse Jackson and others came in and said we are told the white right news media to call uh, us and identify us as uh, uh, African Americans so therefore what you're telling the world is that our ancestors, our ancestors were enslaved in uh, America that's what the name black negro and African Americans mean you're telling the world that yeah, that our ancestors, your ancestors, were enslaved in America. Also, you're telling uh, the world that our history started in America. No, uh, our history did not start in America, as you know. Our history started in a country in Africa, in North Africa, called Egypt. That's where our, our ancestors came from, okay? That's the culture from that culture came civilization from that one culture, ancient Egypt. So we have to claim that. And they have uh all about you know latter part of September they uh dedicated a uh black uh an African American history and culture museum, uh the Smithsonian Institute in Washington D C did that. And that's misleading. That's telling the world that our history and keeping in the minds of us as a people that our history started here in the United States of America, beginning with slavery. And as you know, that's not true. So that's it's very important uh, to to tell the world that you are an African ancient Egyptian. Don't use uh, uh, Kemet. Why? Because you cannot go to the world map and pick out Kemet, where Kemet land It's on the world map. It's not there. You cannot uh, produce not one uh, monument coming from Kemet. You cannot produce produce any literature coming from Kemet Kemet, and so forth and so on. So in short, do not use Kemet, but use ancient Egyptian. I am an African ancient Egyptian. And that we can unify around. That gives us a nationality, a nation to unify around, and then tell the whole world that we are the sinners of those people, those Africans who brought civilization to all of humanity. And this is what this white supremacy uh, structure in America has taught us away from. When you and I went to school in this country, they taught us away from that. They, when I went to school here in Chicago, when I was about eight years old, they gave me a book called Little Black Sambo. In that book, Little Black Sambo took, it was an African boy who took the tiger by the tail and went around and around the tree until both turned to butter. So this was supposed to be our history, you see? And they gave that book to the little white children in uh, the elementary schools. at the same time. They gave me the book. In elementary school, but that book, Little Black Sambo, gave them a feeling of superior over us. That that book, Little Black Sambo, uh, was supposed to give us a inferiority feeling. You see, so, uh, but it didn't do me like that. It made me uh, about eight years old to say, "Well, no, uh, it has got to be something greater." in us as a people, than Little Black Sambo. And that's the reason why I was on that quest. So, to find out what was that something better. And then when I met Sun Ra in my late teens, uh, uh, he told us that we were descendants of the greatest people who's ever walked this earth, known in history as the ancient Egyptians. You see? But I didn't realize at the time, because I got distracted, uh, because I got Uh, married and had a child and so forth and so on and I just uh, put that in my subconscious mind until I was 44 years old like I told you about the story I was in Rome, Italy when the woman on the Rome bus there uh, when the Romans went to Egypt to receive their civilization and this light came on inside of me so we have to uh, get back to understanding that we are descendants of the uh, ancient Egyptians and this is what this uh, white power structure has turned us away from. The moment that we claim, when you individually and tell the world that you are an African ancient Egyptian, white supremacy is over with. It's over with because this is how they keep up their white supremacy uh, uh, attitude because they are trying to keep us away from ancient Egypt because no human on Earth, no race of people on Earth can match the achievements that our ancestors achieved over there in Africa, in Egypt, coming from their culture. Their culture of the ancient Egyptian culture uh, civilized this whole entire world. This whole entire world. Now, getting back to... Something I want to tell you this, and then we can move on to the next uh, caller, etc. I want you to think about this. What I'm about to say: Mm -hmm. White European Spain asked Africans who lived in North Africa, Morocco, and Mauritania, to come into White European Spain and bring civilization to them. And see, the the name Moore is a nickname. That means that Africans who lived in Morocco and Mauritania were asked by the, the, the white European Spaniards to come into Spain and set up and bring civilization to them. They didn't ask Europeans to do that because Europeans could not ever have done that because they were uncivilized themselves. So, therefore, these white European Spaniards asked these Africans to come into Spain to bring civilization, and they came out of Morocco and Mario so they were named Moors, which is a nickname. Why? Because of the location that they came out of in North Africa. Those are the countries that borders the Mediterranean. Also, those countries made up what is known as the Nile Valley Civilization. The Nile Valley Civilization consists of Ethiopia, um, Nubia, which is called the Sudan today, and Egypt. Egypt was the capital of the, I call it, the African Ancient Egyptian Commonwealth. Under that umbrella of the African Ancient Egyptian Commonwealth consists of Ethiopia, Nubia, which is Sudan, Egypt, which is the capital, and west of Egypt, Egypt sits in the center of, of Africa, west of, 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 of Egypt is, is, is Libya, Tunisia, Algeria. Morocco and Mauritania—all that is part of the African ancient Egyptian Commonwealth, which is also known as the Nile Valley civilization. Okay, so um, that is something that you—you know—I I want to bring that out to you to let you know how important we are as an African people, and we have to keep that legacy going. And we have to bring it to our uh, other African uh, members of our African community who don't have this knowledge, who are not conscious of this knowledge. So we, uh, I need brothers like you, Minkara, uh, menkara and and yourself, and and my, my uh, hosts of, of this uh, broadcast to and the listening audience to continue to bring that information, keep moving it forward, keep moving it forward, because. See, we can't get the country of Egypt back, but we can we can replant ancient Egypt in the United States of America. You see, and if you go to Washington D.C. Uh, our ancestors' uh, monuments and symbols, and, and it's all over Washington D.C. I think Tony Browder, brother Tony Browder, has a uh, bus tour, and he also wrote a book called Egypt on the Potomac, which is. I think it was a great book. But anyway, uh, we must keep ancient Egypt moving forward. We must keep that moving forward in our consciousness, in our children's consciousness. We must tell our children that their ancestors brought civilization to all of humanity. Uh, If you're going back to the movie Selma, um, with the movie Selma out there, I don't know, how many of you all saw that movie? Have you seen that movie, my brothers?
9: No, sir. I remember you. I remember you speaking on it, but I don't. I haven't seen it. Not, okay, not seen
7: it. in the movie Selma, there's a scene where there are two actresses, who one is playing Coretta Scott King, and the other one is playing Amelia Robinson Boyington. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the one actress is playing Amelia Robinson Boyington. Told the actress is playing Coretta Scott King. We come from a great people, a people who brought civilization to the world. Now the, the Africans who brought civilization to the world are our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians. I didn't say a word. I said our ancestors. So, anyway, I'm going to uh, uh, stop talking now, and uh, and I thank you, my brother, for coming on tonight and asking me uh, those questions, and and uh, this way I can kind of disseminate information to our African community. And uh, I'd like to say to you, uh, thank you again. May I hold tap?
9: May I, tap. But, but I tap, Williams? All right, I'm going to my phone and listen in.
7: Okay, thank you so much, young man. All, all
5: man. right, all right. We're going down the line. We're going down the line. Let me see. Let me open this other line up real quick. But Jim, Robert Williams. Uh, before I open, before I open up this other line, no, I just got, I got a quick question for you, right? I'm gonna open up, I'm gonna open up one more line. But before I do that, I got a, I got a question for you. I got, I got three books here, right? Uh huh. And I just want, I, I just want, you know, just a, a a a quick answer on how you are, or if you think that they might be worthwhile books for the family to to check out. And um, the first book is the first book is by Albert Churchward. Signs and symbols of primordial man. I just want uh, just a, a quick thought on 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 that book if if you have read it.
7: Well, see, first place you gotta get uh, you gotta into you gotta get into the consciousness that you are a descendant of an ancient Egyptians first. So don't scatter yourself. You uh, we need you to take the audience in the African community, back to ancient Egypt. No, uh, uh, yes, sir. Let me talk now. Let me talk. I understand what you're saying. Does Church Wall's book have any um, information that we could use in our African community? I would say yes, but you have to have a foundation before you start reading these books so you can have so you can know the concept. It's like when I, was, I used to be a musician, I played the saxophone, and the other guy, young guy guys, coming around and said, hey, man, uh, uh, I want to uh, play jazz. I said, okay, uh, what instruments do you play? He said, I play the saxophone. You know, I said, okay. I said, who do you want to play like? Uh, he said, I'm going to play like Charlie Parker. I said, okay. Well, then what you do, you get every Charlie Parker records that you can find, And you begin to sit down and listen until you get a concept of what he's doing and how the music is structured. See, you got to see music gives you discipline. That's the reason why I was able to have the discipline of studying history. I had the discipline to do that because I was trained as a musician. Uh, In order to be a trained musician, you have to have discipline. So what I'm saying is that you have, I told these guys, you have to have a concept on what you're hearing. So I said to you, you have to have a concept on what you're reading, you see, because every book has good things in it, you see. They all sound good. But then once you get through reading these books, then what happens, you're back, where you started from, so to speak. Because, you see, you've got to get, the puzzle has got to be put in place. See? There's a roadmap that's laid out there. And in this roadmap, it's a puzzle. So you've got to put all the pieces together so you can see the whole entire picture. So you can't, if you go through this book, you get a little out of here, and you get a little out of the next book and get a little out of the next book and you go to another book and get a little out of there then after you read all these five and six books you're sitting up there you're confused so so you don't have all the pieces together so it can give you a whole uh, structure of the whole picture Uh, I hope I'm making sense to you now what's your other book um
5: Egypt before the Pharaohs by Michael A. Hoffman.
7: Okay, Uh, that that too. You got your okay. The same thing applies to that book. What's your other book? Uh, A
5: glorious age in Africa, and that's uh, by that's by Daniel Chu.
7: Okay, see this. Now you're going away from ancient Egypt and yourself. Put all those books aside and just concentrate. On ancient Egypt, you being the descendant of ancient Egypt. you got to live it, got to talk it, got to walk it, okay? And you got to uh, speak it. It's got to come out of you. And you can convey this like I'm conveying this to you and the listening audience. You see? Those books got good information, no doubt, in them, along with other books. But you, you... you need to get uh, anchored in the mindset of finding out what happened to our ancient Egyptian ancestors after the Greeks came into Egypt. Very important because there's a history that happened during that time that leads you all the way from from, 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 uh, 332 B.C. all the way up to 2000, uh, and 16. There's a history that happened there that caused us to be in this dilemma that we are in today. You see? And those books will not get you out of that dilemma. So you have to follow that road map of what happened to our African ancient Egyptian ancestors after the Greeks came into Egypt. You see? So we must know that. You know? And... uh all right. When I'm invited, uh, another time, I can give you, I can sit down and, and, and walk you through some of that history. You see? And you can have it recorded where you can listen to it. I can tell you what happened to our ancient Egyptian ancestors after the Greeks came into Egypt. See? That still affects us at this very moment that I'm speaking to you. I, I, that
5: that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. I, w- I would enjoy that show immensely.
7: So I hope that you understood what I was trying to say. I'm not trying to knock your book. No, no, I'm trying I, to I, thank you, you yeah. know, for uh, reading those books. I'm not trying to yeah. knock that. Uh, but I, I'm, I have to tell you, like it is, like well, I, I take
5: it, it is. You know, I think it as information. You know, you giving you giving me words of wisdom. So I got to take your jewels. And move with it. I know there's not a knock against the books, but you're giving a focus on where we should be at, in order for us to deal with where we're going right now. So that's that's wonderful.
7: Okay.
5: So that's wonderful. Um, well, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna put this last caller on. We got more, but we're gonna go to Brother Mink around there. We'll go back to the callers. Okay. okay. All right. like Black Power. That's your to Come in
0: my my holds up to the family, to um, Dr. Walter Williams. My I hold your, my sister? Thank you, Dr. Walter Williams. Thank you for giving us your time. And I want to say, in your honor, um, instead of saying black power, I'm going to say African, ancient, Egyptian power.
7: Hey, wow, you got it.
0: <laughs>
7: you are the first one that ever said that. And, and and when I was in Detroit back in April, there was a group there that came to my lecture, and they were calling, black power, black power. And I, uh, I, I came home, and I began to think. I said, now, I'm going back there uh, this coming uh, April back to Detroit, and they're going to be there. And I was uh, planning on telling them, which I'm going to do, the brothers and sisters, we must stop saying black power. Whoever say, African ancient Egyptian power, and you said it. You got it. Thank you, my sister.
0: No, thank you, Dr. Walter Williams, because I'm just feeding off of you. Thank um, you. Thank you. My only question at this time, because I definitely want to hear the dialogue between you and our great brother Minkara, is when is your third book coming out that you had spoke about before that you and your wife were putting together. Well, right
7: now we are in in the editing uh, stage, and we're uh, getting the uh, camera ready to be printed. In other words, you gotta uh, take your manuscripts that you got, and, and you type them within a certain margin in order for it to be printed and to be camera ready. So we're doing all of that, and I, I, I'm gathering up, uh, uh, putting the finishing touches on the book, and also I'm gathering up my illustrations so far as uh, um, uh, pictures is concerned. And uh, that's what we're doing now. So I would say um, give us a spring of next year, 17.
0: Wonderful. And, again, I'll sign off with African, ancient, Egyptian power.
7: Yes, thank you so much, sister. It really resonates with me at this very moment I'm gonna take that to bed with me tonight and I'll wake up in the morning and I said wow that young lady she got it so thank you my sister what's your name
0: sister Camilla
7: who what was that again sister Camilla oh sister Camilla okay my dear okay got it got it got it thank you so much sister Camilla and uh I want to say may I hold up to you and another thing which you have done, you have put the, the female in there to give balance to a hotel. When you said Mir, which is great, uh, Sister Camilla. And also, I want to say to you, my dear, I love you.
0: Thank oh, you so much. I love you too, Doctor Walter Williams. You and your beautiful queen. And thank you for your dedication to the upliftment of us and to undoing our mental enslavement.
7: Thank you so much, my sister.
5: All right. Well, thank you, Sister Camille. Uh, well, you know, without further ado, we're going to allow Brother Mekorah to come on in the line. And, and to the family that's out there, we'll be back to you in a, in a couple of moments. But we're going to let our Brother Mekorah and Dr. Walter Williams dialogue over a few points in history just to give us a little class time session. So let's sit back and enjoy. Brother Mekorah, you out there?
6: Yes, sir. Brother Almeier, black, uh, black Power, black Egyptian power. And may I, hotel?
1: May
10: I, hotel, my brother?
6: Yeah, hotel. Um, just want to, um, such a pleasure always having you on, Elder, to give us clarification, to give us direction. Um, tonight, you know, just a few points I want to break out, but the, you know, for some clarity for tonight. A lot of people were waiting for your book, um, the Historical Ordinance of Judaism. And could you just give them an overview on why the book just couldn't even be published?
7: You mean the, the book couldn't be written on the historical origin of Judaism? Yes, sir. Well, a lot of people ask me the question, oh, Dr. Williams, when you going to come out with the historical origin of Judaism? Well, I tried to do the research uh, to get the information to produce a book called The Historical Origin of Judaism. Um, The thing about it, Brother uh the first place that I wanted to start was I went searching for the world's first and oldest synagogue. Okay? A synagogue houses the religion called Judaism. And I went looking for that through history, and I can't find it. It's not there. Okay? Now, um, there's a reason for it not being there. But anyway, uh I went looking for the world's first and you know, the synagogue. That will tell me um that will lead me to the religion because the synagogue is where they practice the religion they call Judaism. Okay? Uh with uh with that Ark of the Covenant on all Uh, altars of the synagogue, they have a a, a box up there, a cabinet and they call that the Ark of the Covenant. Now this is uh, information that uh, what I'm about to say now you've heard of the Ark of the Covenant and you've heard of uh, Noah's Ark. There's two different things there. The Ark of the Covenant means that the story of Moses that his mother put him in a basket as a baby and put him floating down the Nile River. This is the story. And that the Pharaoh's daughter uh, re- retrieved the, ba- uh, the, the basket, took the baby Moses out of the basket, and the baby Moses was raised in the house of the Pharaoh. That's the story. Okay? Now, that ark or that basket is the ark. You see? And that that's how all uh, altars of the synagogue, and in that covenant, that little cabinet, that that wooden cabinet up there, which demonstrates, like I said, that basket that this baby Moses was put in by his mother, floating down the Nile River. That's the ark, and then the covenant uh, is those scrolls inside, where this Moses was went up on Mount Sinai to receive uh, the the laws from God and so forth and so on. So. I couldn't find anything like that. You see? Now, uh, I did find uh, old, uh, they showed uh, pictures of old buildings that were uh, Mason uh, buildings, you know, uh, belonged to the Masons. But I couldn't find any buildings that belonged, uh that were called synagogues. So that, if I can't find that information, I looked at all kinds of books. For years, I looked. Searching for that one subject, couldn't find it. And, um, but I began to realize that I, 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 one has to study the Lombards. The Lombards will give you the beginning of capitalism, capitalism is the foundation. If you if you, if you find an individual that says that he's a Jew, look for the bank to be next to him, look for money to be around him. See, so I had to go back and study uh, the Lombards, who created paper money with the usury. I studied their their uh, uh, history, and I I had to study the Knights Templars, which were the, the Hemi bankers. Um, that's another history I had to study. Um, I had to realize that um, I had to study the the pawn shop. The pawn shop is where a capitalist with money um, takes in jewelry as collateral to loan money on. A pawn shop has three balls. Those three balls outside of a pawn shop stands for uh, buy, lend, and sell. So therefore, uh, all this has, what I'm talking about, has something to do with Judaism as as it, as it is today. So, you, 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 so an individual back then uh, would, would take their jewelry into this capitalist to borrow money, leaving... Mm-hmm the jury there for him to loan you money on. Oh, so I had to study that. I had to study Zionism. What is Zionism? So forth and so on. I had to study that. All that has to, has something to do with Judaism. I had to study the history of, uh, uh, of the European before the war and after the war. I had to study, um, the Balfour declarations. I had to study um, the the Zionist-Jewish takeover of Palestine. I had to do all of that. Then uh, the the main reason, one of the main reasons that really uh, uh, told me that, uh, that the information that I'm looking for, not only is it hard to find, it may not be there. But uh, about seven or eight years ago, a, uh, a teacher who teaches at the Tel Aviv University in the illegal state of Israel came out with a book after he got tenure because he wanted tenure uh, so he wouldn't be fired. And his name is Solomo San. S H L O M O S A N D. Solomo San. He came out with this book about seven, eight years ago called The Invention of the Jewish People. Now, that gave me, that sanctioned it for me. That gave me the knowledge that how can I uh find the historical origin of Judaism when uh these, these 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 Jews are invented, and also in my studies, you have to study the Bible you have to know what went on in the Bible. where do you find a jew you find a jew in in a narrative stories inside of the bible so I also realized that uh for instance, when you read the Bible. It has the story of Nebuchadnezzar. You ever read, you, you, you ever heard of Nebuchadnezzar? Brother Mengerah? Yes. yes, sir. Okay, it says that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who was the king of Babylon, Babylon is only in the Bible, that in 587, this king of, of, of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, went into Judea, which is ju- Jerusalem today, and took the Jews out of Judea and took them into Babylon and put them into captivity. Then it goes on to say that Cyrus II, the great, the Persian king, in 536, went into Babylon, took the Jews out of Babylon and freed them and sent them back to Judea to build their second temple. Now, if an individual reads that story that's in the Bible, If they believe that story, that individual who reads this story, if he or she believes that story, guess what? They have made a real-life Jew by the belief. They did it with their own personal spirituality by way of believing it. And this is what they want you to do. This is where uh, this Jew starts from coming from the Bible. So uh, with that, you know, all these things and more I won't go through the rest of the stuff that you need to know uh about this about, about Judaism and so forth and so on, Jews and so forth and so on. Uh yeah. So that's the reason why um I stopped trying to write the historical origin of Judaism. Okay, that's my answer to you, brother Nekar.
6: Thank you, sir. Um last time you came off on the Underground Radio you dealt with the misnomers in history and mainly focusing on history and antiquity. Um, oftentimes I run across youngsters who watch movies that are coming out, uh the birth of a nation, uh twelve years of slave and so forth, and the propaganda of uh European uh supremacy is keeping us based on slavery. Can you elaborate on that for a minute, brother?
7: Well the uh... The birth of the nation, I've seen the movie. Um, It's another slave movie, and that we don't need in our community anymore. We need to find our way back to ancient Egypt and claim our greatness. That's where our greatness is, is standing in line in the continent of Africa unclaimed. So we as a descendants of those African ancient Egyptians, we need to go back and claim our ancestry as being the ancient Egyptians, and that will give us a nation to unify around. Okay, instead of a color that that is identifying us today as black, that's a color. Uh, the only find places you can find black is among the people who, in this country who's calling themselves black, Negroes and African Americans. But anyway, getting back to that, um, we don't need any more slavery movies in our community anymore. We need to know who our ancestors are. So, so we have to find our way back to ancient Egypt and not to slavery, you see. So um, these slave movies that are out here, they glorify the European and make him feel superior over us because he is saying that I enslaved the greatest people on earth and I made them my slaves. I am the white man. I am practicing white supremacy over them, you see? And so that—that that is the reason why we don't need any more slave movies, even though the brother uh, killed some white people, uh, so forth and so on. That's not a great thing. Killing nobody is great. Um, so, But he had to do what he had to do. And at the end, he got killed himself, so which is uh, uh, quite naturally, he would uh, end up in a fate like that. But anyway, uh, we don't need any more slave movies. We need to know the truth about our ancestors, where they fit in history, who they are, not were, but who they are, and what they did, uh, what the greatness that, uh, and how they civilized this world, and what they brought to this world. Uh, to civilize this world. So that is some of the things that I wanted to have to say about uh, the birth of the nation and so forth and so on. We don't need that anymore.
6: Thank you, sir. Um, To give a brief overview of history, leaning from the last descendant, like you were speaking on earlier, you dealt with the Moors. Last time I spoke to you, you you were telling me about the Spanish Inquisition. The Roman Inquisition, how that tied in with slavery, sixteen, nineteen, fourteen, ninety-two. Can you give the people a brief historical overview to, to how we failed in Europe with the Moors, how slavery began, and all we citizens in America?
7: Well, you got two different subjects going there. Which one do you want me to start on?
6: The first one. The first one on how we gotten. How we got, how the European manufactured slavery, go into that, and then you know if you feel like you want to ask the second half, we can go into that.
7: Okay, well let me give you a short overview on each uh, each each topic that you mentioned. Uh, going back in the conversation that I started off on this broadcast tonight about the Moors being invited into white. European Spain white European Spain ask an African or Africans from North Africa who lived in Morocco and Mauritania to come to uh, Spain and bring civilization to the white European Spain okay that they did they didn't invade over there. They were asked to come in. If they had invaded over there, then the language would have changed. See, But they were asked to come over there, and they came over there because they are descendants of the ancient Egyptians, and they live uh, in the Nile valley civilization, which is, I told you, uh, consists of... Uh, those countries that I mentioned: Ethiopia, uh, Nubia, which is the Sudan today, Egypt, and uh, uh, Libya, Tunisia, Morocco, Al- Algeria, and Mauritania. So anyway, they came. They meaning uh, the people, those Africans, out of Morocco and Mauritania. Uh, mind you, again, I mentioned that. The word Moor is only a nickname, meaning Africans who lived in Morocco and Mauritania. So they came into white European Spain after being invited there by the Spanish. And what they did, they set up a school system, literacy, because our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, were the only literate people on planet Earth during the time of antiquity. Antiquity means ancient times. Um, they were the only literate people because they created an alphabet to make themselves literate. But anyway, uh, their descendants, known in history as the Moors, came into Spain, set up literacy over there, a school system. They set up a government for these uncivilized, heathen, uh, white European uh, Spaniards. And they began to build cities in Spain, such as Seville, Grenada, Toledo, Cadillac, etc., etc. And they introduced public bathhouses over there. In the introduction of public bathhouses, they introduced soap to the the Europeans for the first time. Uh, I was listening to the History Channel. uh, about a year or two ago, and uh, the commentator said that um, the Europeans first began to use soap in the 12th century. You see, uh, so that that is as a result of the Moors bringing and building and introducing public bathhouses over there, and if you have a, take a bath, you got to have soap. So anyway, that's uh, what they did over there. And, 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 and they stayed over there for 432 years, you see, before the seat of Christianity was moved out of northeast Africa, out of Constantinople, out of the world's first Christian church, the Hagia Sophia, in 1439 by John vase who went into Florence, Italy to relinquish the donation of Constantine at the Curia there, C-U-R-I-A, means college there. That is where the, the Renaissance era of the 15th and 16th century was launched, right there in Florence, Italy. And uh, that was in 1439. Six years later, in 1445, uh, Eugenius IV, Nicholas V, began to build over the catacombs on the outskirts of Rome. The catacombs is where the the Romans uh, used to bury their dead in the ground. And they dug up a lot of dead bodies and so forth and so on to make way for the building of St. Peter's Church and building the foundation of the Vatican as we know it today. St. Peter's Church, they began to build in 1445. St. Peter's Church today is known as St. Peter's Basilica. So, now you have uh, uh, the seat of Christianity moved out of Northeast Africa, called the Middle East today, into Europe. So, uh thirty seven years after the the founding and the uh building of the Vatican wasn't complete, but they was on their way um, the Spanish government allied themselves with Catholicism and with the roman catholic church thirty seven years later this is like like in fourteen uh eighty two okay now um Ferdinand and Isidola began what is known in history as the Spanish Inquisition. That Spanish Inquisition was kicked off in 1482-83 over in that area. And they hired a man by the name of Thomas D. Guatemala to be the Inquisitor General of the Spanish Inquisition. At the same time, Thomas D. Guatemala was also the, the, the Inquisition for the Roman Inquisition. Now, what do you mean by that? You have the Spanish Inquisition, which pertaining to uh, a country. You have the Roman Inquisition that's pertaining to the Roman Catholic Church, with the same inquisitor general to, 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 to be the inquisitor general for both entities. The country of Spain and the Roman Catholic Church. Together, the Roman Catholic Church and the Spanish government conspired to get rid of the Moors out of Spain. They got what they want from the Moors. And as you know, when Europeans will come to you, they will use you up, learn what you know, and take what you know, and they get rid of you. That's what they did to the Moors. So they uh, they did this through the Spanish Inquisition. They began to run the Moors out of Spain. They, the Moors went into, some of them went into Europe, some of them went into Mali in Africa, some of them went into, back into Morocco. They went back into those those North African countries that borders the Mediterranean. Um, they went into Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, Mauritania, Egypt. You see, and etc., uh, etc. Et so, now in 1492, uh, they came. They, now, Isabella hired a, a a a a person by the name of Christopher Columbus. Now, there's an argument out there about a Christopher Columbus, but that's a separate argument. We won't go into that whether that was a Christopher Columbus or not. We won't deal with that at this moment. But we're going to let's say assume that there was a Christopher Columbus, and this Christopher Columbus with his ship took moles out of Spain uh, with the orders of Ferdinand and Isabella for him to do just that, and the Roman Catholic Church. Now, in 1492, they landed over in this hemisphere of the Americas. So I'm giving you a, an overview on what happened. So here they're over here in 1492. For 127 years, uh, the Moors were over here, free Africans living in this hemisphere. This is this was before sh- sh- the beginning of slavery, which is 1690. So for 127 years, by them being a civilizing people who brought civilization to different parts of the world uh, because they were descendants of the ancient Egyptians. They knew how to bring civilization anywhere that they dwell. So uh, the second civilization, the first one, as you know, came out of the culture of uh, the ancient Egyptians in Africa. Uh, The second civilization that these Africans known as the ancient Egyptian under the name of Moors, which is a nickname, came into Spain. Now you're coming over into the Americas over here. Now they're over here setting up the third civilization for this hemisphere, the Americas, you see. So for 127 years, they began to build this country. You heard that our ancestors built America, that's true, under the name of the Moors, you see. They were free men. Uh, during the time of slavery, uh, there were over uh, 280,000 or 380,000 Africans living in this country that were free men and women. Twelve years of slaves. If you see that movie, that will attest to what I'm saying. Only in the slave states in this country that if if, if these Africans was caught into those slave states, they would have been put into slavery, and a lot of the Moors were put into slavery because they lived in slave states. But then they, the ones that didn't live in slave states uh, were not put into slavery because they, they were free men and women. Benjamin Bannica, uh was a Moor, et cetera, et cetera, So anyway, so you have from 1492 to 1619 um, 127 years that these the Moors uh, laid the foundation for the civilization of uh, of the Americas. Now, but mind you that, that that the Native Indian and Africans was already here before Christopher Columbus came over in this hemisphere. But we're gonna we're dwelling on the Moors. Let's do that in and let you know that what was over here before uh, Christopher Columbus came over here with the Moors that was dispelled out of Spain. So now here you have this 127 years later, you have the the Spanish and Portuguese slave trade going on in 1619 that these Spanish went and Portuguese went into Africa and they took human beings out of Africa and brought them over in this hemisphere and put them into slavery. Um, The Roman Catholic Church had a part in that. They had a hand in that they instigated that they co co co- with the Spanish government to do just that um going back if you uh they about two months ago they made an announcement that in eighteen thirty two uh george washington university um, sold two hundred. And seventy-two slaves in order to uh, in order to earn money to build George Washington University. Two hundred and seventy-two slaves to do that to get the money to build George Washington University. So they had that tells you right there that they had a hand in it in slavery, and uh, not only. Uh, did they sell slaves in, in, in eighteen thirty two for to get financing for the George Washington University. Also in Maryland and in other states, uh the Roman Catholic Church had slave plantations uh around this country in different spots, you see? So they conspired, like I said, with the Spanish government. And um uh, to bring uh, the slaves out of Africa into this hemisphere. And what they did, Brother Mencora, is that the Spanish and Portuguese slave uh, traders took the Moors, and this is how they got rid of the Moors in this hemisphere. They took the Moors, and they enslaved Africans because they were both Africans. And they put them under one umbrella, and they named them Negroes. You see? The same name that they gave to the Africans coming out of Morocco and Mauritania into white European Spain to bring civilization. They gave them this nickname of Black Moors or Black Moors. Black in Spanish means Negro. Negro in Spanish means Black. Synonymous. You see? So now they put all the the, the, the African who were put into slavery, brought out of Africa under one umbrella with the Moors. So they got rid of the Moors that way. That's the reason why I, you don't know, hear no more talk about the Moors. They start off with slavery. don't tell you about no Moors. So they put them all under one umbrella and named them Negroes. So therefore, uh, uh, the Moors disappeared and the Negro appeared it again. The Moors when that was done disappeared and the Negro appeared. So today we're saying that we're black. But see, you don't understand what you're saying and the reason why you're saying that you're black is because that was the name that the Moors were given in Spain. That was the name that the Spanish uh, slave traders gave us Along with the Africans that they put into slavery, they gave us that name, black, negro, negro means black, and so forth and so on. So that gives you a little short overview on that, Brother Nankara.
6: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I have one last question because everything you said leading up to my next question. For a listening audience, can you give them a brief history of when the English entered the slave trade and what the English relationship was with the Catholic Church at this
2: time.
7: Well, the the English um, had a slave trade during the 19th century also. And this is what, uh, what when I go into explaining when Christianity came to Ethiopia, Uh, I can give you a history on that. In the 19th centuries, when uh, Christianity came to Ethiopia, Saying that is to take you back to Lij Gassa, L I J G A S S A, who were named the first emperor of Ethiopia uh, under the name the. Sp- the British gave him a name, an English name, of Theodore II. He was the first emperor of of Ethiopia. And long story short, um, he got on the British about having slaves uh, and putting Africans into slavery. So that was in uh, the mid-19th century. So... You have to go back into that uh, history uh, uh, as to the time when they had slave ships, ships going uh, uh, from one part of Africa into uh, England and back into America and so forth and so on. So that would be my answer to you without going into a, a whole lot of uh, elaboration. So the English slave trade was was in the 19th century, or in the latter part of the 18th century, going into the 19th century. That was part of it.
1: So what was your other part, uh, brother Mingray?
6: Uh Are we citizens in America? Yeah. After that, after I, that. So after that, uh, I'm going to yield my own questions for tonight. Let everybody else get their questions. So what are we, citizens of America?
7: No, uh, we're not citizens of the United States of America due to the uh, Constitution drawn up in 1787. Uh, back Under that Constitution that was drawn up in 1787, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, we were excluded out of citizenship. Why? Because we were considered uh, human collateral or chattel to the white man or the white male, okay? So when he drew that uh, Constitution up, which is worthless, a, a worthless document that's hanging in Washington, D.C. as I speak, uh, they considered us in that document as three-fifths, of humans, so therefore, you cannot get, you cannot take a human being and make him three fifths. That that means that you're dehumanizing that individual. No, we were not included in that uh, constitution to be citizens of this country. Uh, nor was the white man who were poor. The poor white man was not included in that uh, constitution for protection of that constitution that was drawn up in 1787 so he was he was discarded also he was chattel the white woman was not included as citizens of this country either she was chattel to her man see so she was not included when when the civil rights bill was passed in 1965 she got her rights also okay so um going back as to why we're not citizens of this country. We were never allowed to be. Remember that we were never allowed to be citizens of this country. That was done on purpose and by design. Okay? So um, when they say okay, you got your citizenship in, um, uh, with the issuing of, of the 14th Amendment, okay, and the 13th Amendment, and the 15th Amendment. No, 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 no. Um, The 13th Amendment issued, was the Emancipation Proclamation issued uh, January 1, 1863. That that Emancipation Proclamation um, was never enforced by the Congress or anything like that. It was not until two years later, that 1865, where with that word out, that this document, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, brought forth by uh, President Abraham Lincoln, us uh, was to free us as in who were in living in this country as Africans under under the slave trade and under slave servitude so uh listening audience know what happened in 1865 when those union soldiers went on a slave plantation and ran the slaves off of the plantation Said, so you're free go you know so anyway uh, getting to the uh 14th amendment the first article of the 14th amendment says that a person born or naturalized in the United States of America is thereby a citizen of the United States of America and is due to uh, to protection of the laws of the United States of America. But see that 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 Fourteenth Amendment was adopted in 1868, never enforced. You see, so therefore it gave us all as a people the illusion. See, never enforced. The reason why I said that was never enforced. The question has to be asked. It's a fourteenth Amendment. It says a person. A person if you look it up in the dictionary is a means a human being. In the document that was drawn up in seventeen eighty seven called the, the United States Constitution. If we were not humans, we were dehumanized, okay? In that document. It says a person, we were not considered a, a person, a human being, who were born or naturalized in this country. See, that's an illusion, you see? That gives you an illusion. But see, in 1868, they adopted that. They never enforced it. Proof of that is that in 1964, they came out with the Civil Rights Bill. It's the 14th Amendment had given us citizenship. Why? In nineteen sixty four they had to come out with a civil rights bill for one race of people. Then that means that Martin Luther King died in vain. Because he was fighting for us in Rosa Parks and that uh movement, the civil rights movement was fighting for us for us to be citizen in this country. To to be and receive just treatment from the laws of this country for us to receive accommodations in the hotels and restaurants and et cetera, et cetera, public accommodations and so forth and so on. So if we were citizens, then Rosa Parks would never have been asked by a white man to go to the back of the, the bus to give up a seat to another white man, you see? So that uh, is is one of the main reasons why we're not citizens. If we were citizens, why in 1965 they came up with the Voting Rights Bill for one race of people? If we were citizens, uh, other citizens of this country didn't have to have a special Voting Rights Bill for them to be citizens of this country, but only for us Africans in this country. You see, and uh, we—that's that's some of the main reasons I'm giving you to you as an overview as to why we are not citizens of this country. We will never, ever be citizens of this country. Okay? We were not allowed to be citizens of this country. Even today, when Barack Obama broke the color line, because I I have a, a color, color line definition that I found in West's Dictionary. Uh, one day I was in West's Dictionary looking for Uh, definition on on, on something I was looking up, and I happened to see this. It says the color line, and I stopped and I began to read. In the definition, in Webster's Dictionary, on the color line, it says, a barrier of political, social, and economic restrictions imposed upon Negroes and other colored races. It says, Draw the color line and keep the color line. Now, so that means that when you and I and every African born in this country uh, coming out of their mother's womb had three strikes against us right off the bat, right off the bat, because that was a color line restriction and barrier that was brought upon us as a race of people. You see? So, no, we're not citizens of this country. We're never allowed to be citizens of this country. We will never ever be citizens of this country as long as the white male is in charge. You see? And that uh, white male was fighting for his life uh, uh, during the time of this past election. He was fighting for his life. He was fighting to hold on to white supremacy. And that's is the foundation of this country, white supremacy, okay? This country was founded on, now listen to this, these are the principles, what I'm about to name, that this country, the United States of America, was founded on. This United States of America was founded on lies, deceit, murder, injustice, corruption, greed, Terrorism, militarism, sexism, slaveism,
4: racism, slavery,
7: exploitation, drugs, violence, plunder, rape, hate, religion, mythology, and perverted scholarship. That's the foundation of this country. That's what they built this country off of. All those things, and if you can add some more to it, throw it in. That's it. So that's the reason why I'm saying that we will uh never ever be citizens of this country, Brother Nkora.
6: Thank you, Doctor Williams. I have no more questions for
5: tonight. Well, okay. well, oh well, you know what? I, I, I strike that. Ancient African Egyptian town,
7: Hey, there you go, my man. I will
5: strike that. I will strike that. Now, but we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the line because we do have some callers out there on the on the line. With Doctor Walter Williams, I did have a, I did have a question though before I get to these callers. And the question is, why does European scholarship have the need to use the Bible as a measuring stick for time?
7: That's a good question, my brother, and I'll give you the answer. The European, as I speak, cannot tell you a beginning history of the Europeans. You see? So if I ask you, and I've asked many brothers and sisters, and I've asked uh, even the Europeans, when and where and by whom did The beginning of European history began, and uh, and they give me answers all over the board. Uh, To answer your question, they do not know or have, Europeans I'm talking about, does not know a beginning history of themselves. But the beginning history for the Europeans is when Alexander the Greek came into Egypt in three 32 BCE. That is the beginning of European history. Okay? And that their history is tied in with what happened to the ancient Egyptians, our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians after the Greeks came into Egypt. You see? So they don't have a, they don't know a beginning history. They say that they started with the Iliad and Odyssey written by Homer. That's Homer never existed as a human being. There's no... it's no honestly mythology. See? And in my book, the new book is coming out. And I'm bringing all that out. But by them not having... The answer to your question is by them not having uh, the knowledge of when their history began, they had to fabricate one. So they used the Bible to do that, to try to put in the Bible to try to parallel with, with the stories in the Bible. They try to use those stories in the Bible to parallel the equivalents of our ancient Egyptian ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, what they achieved. So that would be my answer to you. That's the reason why they use their Bible, because they don't know the beginning history of themselves. So they had to use the Bible to put a false pseudepigraphic history in the Bible about themselves as a people, to give you the illusion. So that's my answer to you, my brother.
2: Thank
5: you very much. We're going Uh, going to go down to the line. I started
7: with
4: George Washington.
5: What's that? Somebody got something? Hold on. Somebody got something playing in the background. All right, we're going we're gonna to go to the line. But before, um, Sister Camille, do you got a question? Because you didn't really have a question the first time. Do you got a question now before I go to the line?
0: Uh, not at this moment, King, but thank you. All
5: right. Let me see. I see, I see the general out there. Like, uh, what's going on, general? What's, what's going on before the A? General Best, what do they do
6: out there? My whole time. I know What's what Sam, I'm just on the plantation, plantation, man.
5: No doubt, no doubt. I'm
6: just, I'm just, I'm just looking in, man. Thanks for the check-in, bro. How you doing, Doctor Walter Williams?
7: Hi, young man. How you
6: doing? I'm doing all right. I'm just, I'm just on the plantation, doing my work, man. Okay, well, we're gonna
7: have to get you off the plantation. And get you back. To Egypt. That's what we're trying to do. Well, all you have to do is go back to ancient Egypt. I gave you the key. All you to do unlock that door, and that gate, and it's swinging open. Walk on out out of that gate, and 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 headed towards Egypt, ancient Egypt. That's uh, all you have to do. I gave you the keys.
5: Uh, well, all right, I brought a little here over there. He over there at the Unjustice right now. Put the, you know, putting his work in. I mean, at the injustice. So we're gonna we're gonna go down we're gonna go down the line. Uh, let me see. Let me see here. Connecticut. My hotel. Welcome to Field on the Ground Radio. State your name if you got a question for question or comment for Doctor Walter Williams. Come on in.
1: Oh um, no no I do not I don't ha- I don't I do not have a question right
5: now I'm just making All right. All right, a. Alright. Alright, sister, listening. Alright, my hotel. Welcome to feel on the Ground Radio. State your name and question or comment for Dr. Walter Williams, North Carolina.
1: All right, North Carolina listening there. Can you
5: hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, state your name, get your question or comment. What's going on? Oh, hold on. Hold on. My bad, Chief. Oh, uh, here you go. Here you go. You back. State your name and question or comment.
10: Okay, can you hear me?
5: Yeah, I hear you now. All right, family.
10: Yeah, I'm, I'm driving. I'm um I'm a truck driver, too, so I'm driving at night. And um, I was just listening to Dr. Williams. It's definitely um, good to hear from um, a prolific scholar. And um, I'm just tuning in and um, just absorbing at this point. Right, you still hear
1: Yeah.
5: Okay. Okay.
10: Yeah.
5: What's your name, What okay. Where
10: you driving around now? All right. Um, this is Brother Arnie out of Charlotte, North Carolina. All
5: right. All right.
10: Okay. My hotel.
5: My hotel. Doctor Williams' brother just—he he just riding, listening there. That's great. That's great. I see he's listening.
7: He's learning.
5: Texas family out there in Texas. What's going on? My hotel. Welcome to Field and Ground Radio. Got a question a comment for Doctor Walter Williams. State your name.
10: Uh, yes, sir. This is uh,
5: Brother Drake from Dallas
10: uh,
5: just uh, listening in. Uh, I purchased both of the books, uh, still studying them, and uh, just, just saying peace.
7: Okay, my brother, thank you so much for uh, your interest in studying and trying to find the truth, and this is what we need to do. Uh, so in order for us to get out of this dilemma that we're in, at this very moment that I'm talking, thank you so much. You have a question or anything like that? No, sir. Okay. Well, thanks again, my brother. Love, Love you it. and may I hotel.
5: Love you too, big brother.
7: All right. Uh, all right. All right. We got some more
5: family out there in Connecticut, Connecticut. The line is open. Oh, you to you. To you. The comments about the Walter Way and state your name. On the radio. Yeah, this this um brother Rome, Black Power. Um uh-huh. Yeah, I got
10: a question. Um I wanna know from the standpoint where we at now and excuse me, how you doing, Dr. Wayne? Fine, yourself, um, young
7: man. How are you doing?
6: I'm good, I'm good.
7: Good.
10: Um, so yeah, from the from the president of the state that we at now as Africans for me, uh what should be our political stance in the sense of building our own nation
6: rather than, you know, assimilating into somebody else's nation? That's my question.
7: Okay, well, see, what you're talking about is unification. That's the only way you can do it, is unify. We have to come out of these religions, okay? These religions keep us divided and splintered shattered it's like a glass when you drop a glass to the ground or the, uh, that glass is broken up into many pieces, it's shattered so hmm. we're going to have to unify around one hmm. nation and that one nation like I mentioned is ancient Egypt from the culture of ancient Egyptians those Africans, our ancestors came civilization for all of humanity So we've got to to unify around that one nation and call ourselves African Ancient Egyptians. Number two, we're going to have to come out of these churches that we all, the, the, the members of the African community, are attached to and encouraged to go to by these misguided ministers to worship that dead white man on the cross that they call their God and Savior. They're going to stop doing that because the, the, the icon, the image, and the symbol of all uh, 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 of all of white supremacy is institutionalized in churches all over America and all over the world. That's the symbol of white supremacy, that dead white man hanging on that cross. And you go, as we go in those churches, all people go in those, in those churches, and they bow down to that image, and they tell the white race that you are my God and Savior. Okay? Now, the question that I ask, do you think that the white race will take their children and their family into a church where a big black African Jesus is hanging on the wall and teach their children and family that this black Jesus is their God and Savior, the answer is hell no. They would never, ever do that. Next question, Christians, I ask. What is the name of your African God that looks like you? Because that dead white man on the cross don't look like you. And uh, we're going to have to stop going into these churches and giving away all of our spiritual power and come out at those churches as uh, powerless people. We're going to have to stop going around talking about Islam Alaykum and Alaykum Salam. We've got to get rid of all That religions Those religions Because no human on earth Was born with a religion You have to really understand That you were born Every human you got 7 billion humans Walking this earth Of all races, creeds, and color, And we are among that group And all humans Coming out of their mother's womb Were, were, were born with the, the gift of life Life that was given to us by our father and mother having intercourse. Uh, that life is, is our indwelling di- divine spiritual birthright. You have to understand that he was given life coming out of your mother's womb, but not a religion. Man created a religion to give to you. He created religion to control your thinking and your emotions. Religions are kept together by one's belief. Belief does not give you uh, knowledge, does not give you wisdom, does not give you that. Faith does not give you knowledge or wisdom, okay? So, therefore, what you are doing to yourself is you're uh, incarcerating your mind. Meaning that when you are incarcerated in a jail cell, they put you in a jail. They give you limited space for you to live in, sleep in, and do everything else you're supposed to do in that limited space. So the same thing with belief. Because belief is the glue that keeps all religions together. Belief. So therefore, it, it, it limits your thinking. So therefore, here your ancestors had big minds. They, in their mind, they conceived the building of a pyramid, four hundred and ninety stories tall, with outer casing uh, stones that weighed over two hundred and fifty stones, and the base on all four, each base on all four sides there's a seven hundred and fifty-six uh, square feet. Big thinkers, they created and built the Sphinx. The body of the Sphinx uh, is one city block long, six stories high. Big thinkers now here, those same descendants of those great people that created mathematics, all forms of mathematics, created the alphabet to make themselves literate, and so forth and so on. Big thinkers, those descendants of those big thinking people, has been reduced. Their minds has been reduced down to worshiping a dead white man on a cross. That is a disgrace. Just stop it. So you ask me the question: How are we gonna get back? You have to divest yourselves from all religions: Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Black Hebrew uh Buddhism, Zoroastrianism. Any kind of religion, because all religions are man-created. You have to get back to learning who you are as an individual human being. What was given to you at the time of your birth. We have to get back to that, and we can unify ourselves together with the understanding and the knowledge of who we are as a people, and, and, and who, who, and, and the meaning of what the gift that you was given to at the time of your birth coming out of your mother's womb. That together will unify us and will get us out of this dilemma before you can start any type of political movement, any type of any kind of movement. You have to unify ourselves as a race of people first. Then you can unify into whatever you want to do. You can bring about whatever you want to bring about, but you can bring about as a people in order to give strength to whatever you bring about and, Give spiritual power to whatever you bring about and unify around. That's my
1: answer to you, my brother. Are
5: you there? Hello? He's still there. He's still there. I still see his line open. I don't know. He might have muted his own. He might have muted his own microphone. Okay.
10: My fault, my fault, my fault.
5: Did
7: you hear what I said?
10: Yes, I heard you. I was listening. I just had to take it off mute.
7: Okay. I appreciate it. Okay, that's my answer to you, my brother.
10: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Williams.
7: And thank you.
5: All right. Thank you for that, man. We're going down to our hotel. Let me see. Let's go on down to uh, Texas. Texas, mine is open. We're going to fill the ground. Question and comments for Dr. Walter Williams. State your name. Dominique Motel. My
10: hotel. Hello? My hotel.
5: Hello, hotel hotel.
10: Yeah, I'm on down Dallas, Texas.
5: All right, what's your name, brother?
10: Uh my name, Dominique M Hotel.
5: Uh, all right, what what it do? what it do, brother? This brother Bourne. I met you down there at um RBG Yeah. Yeah, what's going on, see? What,
10: what's going on, brother? Yeah, I yeah, Um. Uh, you know, I'm on knowledge already, you know. Oh, uh, what's going on, Walter Williams? All right, my
7: brother.
10: Talking. How are you doing today? All right. I'm doing all right, man. It's good It's good to hear from you. You know what I'm saying?
7: Yeah, I certainly appreciate you calling. It's good to hear from you.
10: Oh, I had a uh, certain question um, um, about um, the craft of time. You know how people have Amin and rye, craft of arm Well, I have a question about the uh, craft of time um, or for time, some people want to say. Um, When I read about him, so when I study about him or read two books, you know the 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 description. I know he ain't a real person. It's it's really more of a uh, a happening, right? Um, I want to know like it's because you say he's he's a constructor or he he's a god. I don't. I just want to want to know your emphasis on um ty on his role. What 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 is he? I mean what what yeah I oh, don't know it's not a good it's not a good explanation on him and when I study in the committee on uh, teaching what kind of teaching oh um, th- um th-
7: yeah you said something about some teachings that you
10: yeah um it's not a it's not it's not a lot of um clarity on um, patai th- as far as my study goes mm-hmm. um on what his role plays as as the constructor of the universe that's what it says. So I, I, don't, I just want more clarity on Pata, um, because it says he's a constructor. So, A, I also say he's the creator. You know what I'm saying? And I read about the creator and Christianity and all that, but when I read in the committee, signs and teachings, um, it says that Ptah is the constructor and the creator.
7: Well, there are many stories about uh, Ptah, or the legend of Ptah. Many stories right. about that. Uh, Bata has more than one name. Doof, Thoth, T H O T H, uh, is one of the names supposed to be the recorder of records and so forth and so on. So you have many legends, uh, about uh, Pata. Um, so therefore, what I'm saying to you is that uh, keep a tie into your consciousness because that is taking you right into ancient Egypt because that's one right. of the legends that's attached to the 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 history, the legendary history of ancient Egypt and the ancient Egyptians. So
10: right, right, right.
7: So therefore, I can't uh, you know I'll give you a one definition about
10: right the top because there's
7: so many legends out there. You see? Right. So, but this right. but this use it as as, as a legend as pertaining to your ancestors' history, the ancient Egyptian. Now I, I heard you mention the word uh Kemet, is that correct?
10: Right,
7: right. Please don't use that name. Use, all right, all right use ancient Egyptian. Because the world know our people, our ancestors as ancient Egyptians. All over the world, all the races know our ancestors as being the ancient Egyptians. They don't learn about no Kemet. Okay? Right. Because like I said before, you cannot go to the world map and pick out the land on the world map of human geography and find Kemet. You can't do that. You can't go to the world you can't go in nowhere in the world and find a monument that's connected to Kemen, can I find literature that's connected with Kemen? So don't use that. Uh, as all a,
6: right, all right.
7: I can't tell you what to do. As a suggestion, I was a suggest don't do that. So that's what I, that's, that's what those are my answers to you, young man. All
10: right, thank you, thank you. I had one more question, but I ain't gonna lie. Well, Go Dude, ahead, what it's, you
7: it's
10: got? Out. What you got? Go ahead. Yeah. Here. Um. Do. Uh. Do you ever touch up on the um? evolutionary theory or like mm-hmm. how we develop uh evolution evolution. Uh-huh. Uh. Uh huh Because, you know, as a community black it don't matter we like black I mean um uh, Black Panther RBG or whatever, everybody we push the black woman is God, right? But what I'm saying is even um uh, in the Egyptian uh in our teachings it says that um uh, we everything come from the world of new well i uh, uh I was thinking about on Earth, right we have water too, the Earth is mostly water, um because it says it's so above so but so below so if you think about uh, uh every time i hear somebody talk about evolution, they never start they always start at a monkey or or a person or a or a body that already has an arm and a head and a leg. you see what I'm saying,
7: right. Well, I
10: wanna. I'm, I'm saying like if you if want to deal with the woman, because I've been I've been studying like the woman came from the waters of Earth, and the physical woman came from the waters of Earth, and the man came from the waters of the woman. So I don't, I don't know how that uh, how that work with you. I mean, I mean how you what you think about that. I just want to uh, know your know your emphasize. I just want to hear you emphasize on that. Okay, well
7: let's see what you're saying is not true. And that's where I was telling uh, Brother Bourne that where the confusion come in when you read a lot of books. Right. Uh, Here's what you have to realize is this. No human on Earth can tell you when the first man and the first woman appeared. What created the first man and the first woman to appear on planet Earth? No one can tell you that. That's
2: called the mystery of life. You will never, ever know. And what
7: created the first man and the first woman to appear on planet Earth. You won't know that. Okay, how many books you've studied, how many degrees you got, how much money you got, and what station in your life you hold, you will never know that. That's called the mystery of life. It's not meant for you to know. That's number one. No human on Earth can tell you what creates the sky, the stars, the planet, the moon, the sun, air, earth, water, vegetation, animals, and humans. No one, no, no human can tell you that. I can give you the answer. It's called the mystery of life. Don't, don't even mm-hmm. uh, waste your time trying to find the answer because you won't find it. It's called the mystery where, of life. Wait right now, just so know, all I, my, what was I, What was our answer?
6: Okay, okay. I'm
7: telling you something. I'm trying to. You asked me a question, right? Don't yeah, yeah,
10: yeah. In. My fault, my fault, my fault.
7: Okay, don't break in while I'm giving you the answer. I'm trying. Right. to. This is a teaching moment, so this is my chance to teach you. You can ask another question after I get through. But I want the 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 listening audience to know those two things. What I'm saying. What creates the first man and first uh, woman on earth? Mystery of life. Don't know. You, never, you will never ever know that. What creates the sky, the stars, the planets, the moon, the sun, air, earth, water, vegetation, animals, and humanity? Never know that. You will never know that. What creates that? That's a, also the mystery of life. No human can tell you When a person is deceased, where their spirit go after they are deceased? That's called the mystery of life. Now, the reason why you can't do this, I'm going to tell you. Now, this is your answer to what you asked me. No human on earth can tell themselves or nobody how they got here on earth as a human being. Nobody can tell you that how they got here. Now, you you, you, have to, you you start with your mother and father having a sexual intercourse, and your father released his sperm that impregnated your mother's egg, thus causing nine months of incubation to create another human being. That's you. Me and all humans walking this earth. There are 7 billion humans walking this earth of all races, creeds, and color. They got here by the same process. Now, the reason being that you don't know how you got here, no human can tell you how they got here. I will ask you a question. You, young man, who asked me that question, tell me, in your conscious memory, at what age did you find yourself here on planet Earth? Tell me.
10: Uh, when I came out the womb.
7: <laughs> Tell me, at what age did you consciously remember that you were here on Earth? You found yourself here on Earth consciously. What age
10: was that? Um, probably like two or three or four.
7: Okay. Well, can't. Okay. Wait now. Stop. Give me another. Consciously.
10: A note. Huh? Uh, consciously knowing that like I'm, I'm on uh, earth and not just in a house and cooped in in a house with my mama and father when I'm actually see the outside and, come, you know, see the matrix. What age? Um, uh, round four when I was able to talk.
7: Okay. So from zero to four, you have no conscious memory of yourself, do you? No. Okay. Now you found yourself at four
10: years old. Living where on uh, on planet Earth. Oh, uh, in America.
1: Where about
7: in America?
4: <laughs> on the Earth, shit.
1: Uh, oh
7: man, uh, stop uh, play games. <laughs> where, where did you you find yourself in Detroit, Pennsylvania? No, Dallas, Texas. Okay, you said that. You found yourself at four years old, consciously living in Dallas, Texas. Is that right? Right on. And you found yourself belonging to a certain race of people. Is that correct? Right on. They were called Negroes. Is that correct? Right on. All right. Now, multiply your experience uh, among 7 billion humans walking this earth of all races, creeds, and color. The Chinese found himself in China as a Chinese. You don't know how he got there. The mm-hmm. European found himself in Europe as a European. He doesn't know how he got in Europe as a European. The Indian of India found himself in India as an Indian. He did not know how he got in India as, a, as, as an Indian. The African found himself in Africa as an African. And so forth and so on. The Mexicans, uh, the Puerto Rican, so forth and so on.
6: You see that? So right.
7: No human on Earth can tell you how they got here on Earth. It's humanly impossible. You you had nine months of incubation to to for, for for you to be a completed human being after your mother and father had the sexual intercourse. Nine months after that, right? What? During that nine months, you cannot tell me at what month your eyeballs popped in. You cannot tell me during the nine months when your feet. Perform your legs, your arms, and so forth and so on. So, you know, you don't know how you got here. See? No human know how they got here. You found yourself here. Okay? But you can't tell me how you developed for those nine months. No human can tell you that. No matter how much education they have, how much money they have, and what station in their life they hold. So that would be my answer to you.
6: All right, all right, all right.
10: We have another question? Oh, uh, no. Nah, I mean, I can go on, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to let everybody else talk so I can just listen. But, yeah, I got more, I got, I got more questions, but I'll catch another time, man. Okay. I right, was good talking to you, though. Um, um, you know, and Hotel for Black black Power, man.
7: <laughs> okay. All right.
5: May I hold up to you, young man? I hold up, I hold up. But, you know, um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling in. You know, um, let's see, bro, let's see right here who we who we got. We gotta go. We gotta go back. All right, now uh, we are going back. Brother, little I mean not brother, little brother Griff. Uh Oh no, no, that's our brother from Washington D.C. Hold on, hold on, our brother out there in D.C.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um thing, Let me reiterate. Uh, it was African Egyptian power forever. I wanted to um ask something from early in the beginning part of the conversation uh to the to the elder Walter Williams. I remember you were stating that the um the MetaNeta or the, the hieroglyphics could never be um translated. Um, um very soon there's a um upcoming uh debate, I don't know if you're aware of it, uh with uh, um with with uh, two groups of uh brothers and they are um debating on whether it was able to be deciphered. And I always wanted to um, ask, um, I've noticed um, the other elder, Oshawa Crazy, he um, at times has videos where he reads certain um, sections off of it. Now, I don't know if that's a um, an example of it being somewhat deciphered or uh, whatever the case may be, but are you saying that it will never be deciphered because we are so – Detached from our um ancestors um as far as learning that it will we will never ever as a people be be able to decipher um our ancestors' um original um language or uh, how um, the metanether and is that like totally impossible without our grasp forever infinity or we just have to get back in touch with it, like you said. We have to place ourselves in that kind of a um, mentality before we can um able to um get that understanding. And would that be like maybe like a generation within our children or something? You know, like how can we actually really become deciphering the, the matter if at all possible?
7: Well, I understand the debate out there because they. Uh, when I'm on certain talk shows, they some of the brothers come on and they want to challenge me and so forth, and so, which is okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, you see, the question I ask is this. Brothers and sisters, do you think that the metanatural hieroglyphics has been deciphered? If so, if you say yes, who and how was it done? Who deciphered them and how was it done? That's the question. Based off of what? That's the question. If you said the hieroglyphs have been deciphered, based off of what? Tell me how and who deciphered them. Okay? That's number one uh, question. Um, The second thing that one has to understand is that I asked the question how many pictorial symbols that our ancestors drew during the time of antiquity that are uh, called and considered the hieroglyphics, pictorial symbols. How many were there? Were there 400, 600, 1,000, 2,000? I've heard these various numbers being danced about. Okay? So now, um, how many of these pictorial symbols have been deciphered. In your opinion, I ask them the question, in your opinion, how many pictorial symbols are there that our ancestors produced during the time of antiquity? You see? Um, So I ask these questions and then I bring it to their attention using very simple logic in order uh, for anybody... To decipher the hieroglyphics, one has to ask the ancient Egyptians who drew those symbols what he or she meant for them to be. And they're not around for you to ask that. Is that
8: correct? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You you will have to be able to ask somebody who actually did it so you know exactly what they they meant and what was their purpose for writing them.
7: That's, there you go. And you also got to understand that you cannot put an alphabet to a symbol. can't do the that. Uh, the the only way that you can uh, uh, deal with a symbol is that you have to know the meaning of a symbol. Mm-hmm. If you know the meaning of a, you symbol, you have to explain a symbol if Underline the if you know the meaning of the symbol. If you don't know the meaning of the symbol, you don't know anything about it. You can't you can't use words to describe the symbol because you don't know the meaning of it. Have you ever seen
8: uh, the Ankh symbol? Yes, I wear it around my neck every day.
7: Okay, what is the meaning of that symbol?
8: Um, from from my understanding, um, aside from procreation between a man woman and child, um, my understanding is also the balance of the uh of the energy, you know,
7: of of just creation period. Okay, well here's the thing about it, okay. Now you that's your uh also the arc is a symbol of life. Yes. Is that correct? Yes sir. Can you put a, 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 a alphabet to that arc? No you cannot. You have to explain the meaning of that, right? Yes I will. You explain a meaning that and the other meaning, uh, by way of explanation, is is a symbol of life. Yeah. You know alphabet. You can't do it. Now, you drive. Do you drive a car? Yes, I do. When you went to get your driver's license, you had to take a test. You were tested in rules of the road, eyesight, and symbols. When you got to the symbols part. They did not ask you to put an alphabet to. They asked you to explain the meaning of this symbol that's before exactly. you. If you did not explain the meaning of the what the symbol meant, you failed the test. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now you, uh, there's a. You, do you, you you ever seen the question mark symbol? Yeah. Can you put an alphabet to that symbol? Oh, you, think. you have, but you can explain it.
1: To a person
5: who do, who who don't know the meaning of
2: that
5: symbol. Yeah. Yeah, I follow you, Elder. Hmm. All right, all right. Well, um, let's see
1: right here. brother, make You got anything else you want to add on?
5: Brother Mankara, you, you might have his phone on mute. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta take y'all lines off of mute. I hope I don't have, I hope I don't have your lines cued up.
1: Brother
4: Mankara, you still Yeah. Line.
9: What is that? Uh, so big. Yeah,
5: something going up with the line. Okay.
9: Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
5: hold on, hold on. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. Uh, Griff, you got a question?
9: Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Williams. Huh? You still there, Bob Williams?
6: Yes. Can you hear me?
9: yeah I can hear you. okay i wanted i wanted to see if you could back um go back to what you called that um uh, that conglomerate of nations uh with 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 uh ancient- egypt being the uh the center you had a name for it and then you named i wanted to see if you could name name those countries again that were all connected to that conglomerate with uh ancient egypt being the, the nucleus
7: okay well well i what i created in my studies uh I created a term of the African ancient Egyptian commonwealth
9: there you go that's what i was looking for you got you, you got your pen i can tell you write it down yes sir
7: african the african, african ancient, ancient egyptian commonwealth aka
1: now Valley civilization mm-hmm.
7: you got that? egyptian
9: commonwealth yes sir
7: By the Nile Valley Civilization, a.k.a., also known as the Nile Valley Civilization. Okay? Okay. Now, you put down one. I'll give you the countries that's under that umbrella of the Commonwealth of the Ancient Egyptians.
6: Um,
7: Ethiopia. Ethiopia.
1: Mm
9: -hmm.
7: In parentheses, Abyssinia. That's the ancient name.
9: For Ethiopia. You spell that if you can. Just use your
7: phonetics. You have a you yeah.
9: <laughs> Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, got
7: you. Number two, put this down.
9: Mhm.
1: You put down Nubia. Nubia. N-U-B-I-A.
9: Yes, sir. Sudan. Right?
7: is the Sudan. Yes, sir. Okay? Three, Egypt. 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 And you put down the capital of the Commonwealth and the Nile Valley uh,
1: Civilization.
9: I heard you say something about Libya and some other people. Okay, uh,
2: you ready to write again? Let me know
9: Yes, sir Egypt, capital, commonwealth of- Egypt is the capital
7: of the ancient Egyptian uh, commonwealth Yes, sir Okay And then you have the four Is that you're going west now of, of, of Egypt You're going to Libya
1: Let me know
9: when you're ready.
7: Okay, I'm with you, Libya. Okay, speak up now because I'm, we can move on.
9: Yes, sir, I'm with you, Libya.
7: Okay, and number five is Tunisia.
1: Tunisia. Okay. You got Algeria. Yes, sir. You got uh,
7: Morocco. Num you put them by numbers now, so you can have it. Okay. You got that?
9: Yes,
1: sir. Mario Tania is the next
9: one. Itani.
7: Yeah, Mario And see that all those countries I named borders the Mediterranean, including Egypt. Yes, sir. And that's where uh, uh, civilization came out of.
9: That's a jewel right there, Robert Williams. Um, also, now, sometimes when people speak of Africa, you hear, I, I've heard um, a lot of people say, oh, it came from uh, a John African, uh, you know, John Africa or Africa Scipio, somebody who colonized the continent. But I've, I've heard... Uh, uh, Ivan Van to say it's a, the root word is Afri, which means like first as far as origin. So do you have some background on where that, that, that name actually originated from and, and what it pertains to? Or, no, I, uh, here's the
7: thing about it. Uh, no one will ever know the original name of the continent of Africa. hmm unless someone wrote down somewhere before the Europeans came in on the scene of history okay. uh, and wrote about that continent, and the only people on, living on planet Earth that had a writing system was the ancient Egyptians. Okay. So uh, that that is the only source that you can go back into and uh, find out uh, where, you know, uh, the name, the original name of uh, the continent of Africa, what was the original name of it. So I would say don't dwell in that. See, we, we, there's, there's a lot of uh, information out here, but right now we don't have the time to, uh, let's say, dwell in things like that. We have to first get a good foundation about what happened to our African ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, after the Greeks came into Egypt. See, so
1: exactly. we you there, Papa Williams.
9: You might have muted yourself out. Uh, all right,
5: here I go.
7: Can you hear me?
9: Yeah, I can hear you, bro, bro, bro. Can you hear me?
7: Here we go. Now I can hear you. Okay, so we don't want to waste a lot of time on the word Africa and so forth and so on, okay? There's so much other studies that we need to know to get ourselves together. Then you can go back there. Once you have a good foundation and your mind is not scattered, that is the reason why I say reading a lot of books, okay, all books, you can get good information out of them, but if you don't have a good foundation, to hold the information that you're getting from these books, then they it, end up in confusion.
9: Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I appreciate, I appreciate you, Baba. Okay.
7: okay. My my, are you are you the, the, the Griff?
9: Yes, sir. the
7: From Washington.
9: No, I'm in I'm in Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Oh,
7: you are in Ohio? Okay. There's another Griff, uh, Dr. Griff out there. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, Professor Griff. Mhm. Mhm. But anyway, uh, I certainly appreciate your, your calling and thanks for your uh, for your uh, question.
9: Yes, sir. i right, will fall back. I know it's been a long night. That you probably wearing down a little bit, Bob Bob Yeah, Baba. I'm gonna
7: get off of here. And I want to thank your brothers for inviting me, Brother Nkara, Brother Born, and and. Uh, all the listening audience, I certainly appreciate your calls. I certainly appreciate your enthusiasm into wanting to study and find out what happened to our ancestors after the Greeks came into Egypt. And I certainly appreciate uh, your, you know, you uh, listening to my words, and I hoping that my words will give you strength and encouragement and and make us a different people with a different thought and that's what we need we need to stop revolving and start evolving we have to grow so thank you so much uh my brothers and sisters and i want to leave you with this that um uh You can email me and contact me through my email at ancient Egyptian at MSN.com. Ancient, A N C I E N T. Egyptian, E G Y P T I A N, at MSN.com. And when you email me, put your phone number there, and I will contact you and we can converse from that point. Also, uh, my two books, the, the ones uh, who are listening in the, listening the audience, if you haven't purchased my two books, I'm not trying to sell you a book or books, but as a suggestion, you can, uh, I suggest that you purchase uh, my two books because there's uh, important information and messages uh, in both books The first book is called The Historical Origin of Christianity, and the second book is called The Historical Origin of Islam. So you need to buy those books, read those books, read it more than once until you can internalize the message, because there's messages in there, for the liberation of my people. And it's in that book. And one day uh, on this broadcast, I will uh, lay out, if the brothers invite me back, to lay out the historical origin of Christianity. I will take you into all the council meetings, Uh, the Ecumenical Council Meeting of Nicaea 1, 325, Uh, the Council Meeting of of Constance Noble 1, 381, the Council of Ephesus, 431, the Council of Chalcedon, 451, the Council of uh, Constance Noble 2, 553. Uh, I will take you into the Council of... of, uh, 3, 680. Into, uh, the, the, the council number three, six eighty. I will take you into the 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 council of Nauria of Hyria, I'm sorry, the council of Hyria, seven fifty two. I'll take you into the council meeting of Nicaea two three eighty seven, the iconoclastic, uh, uh, iconoclastic, controversial meeting of uh, Nicaea two seven eighty seven. And I also, I will tell you and talk to you about uh, the Faustus philoquy controversy and things like that. So, and I'll tell you when the first seat of Christianity was created, the first Christian church was created, and I'll take you, uh, into Europe and so forth and so on, with the second seat coming, being transferred into Europe from the first seat, so forth and so on. So we need to know these things because this is what happened to our ancestors after the Greeks came into Egypt. So I'll bring, bring, tell you all this information. So, with that, um I'm going to uh, sign off and and uh, to, to you brothers and sisters and I certainly appreciate uh y'all listening to this broadcast tonight and if there is anything mancora you want to say before I leave, a brother born.
9: Barbara Williams, can you give your email one more time? Email is
7: an, yeah, ancient ANC <laughs> I E N T, Egyptian E G Y P T I A N at m s n dot com, msn dot
1: com. All right.
0: Doctor Walter Williams, um, also, uh, this is Sister Camille. The next time you come on, um, if you would be so kind, if you could give the family um a few books that you would suggest in helping to build the foundation and rediscovering and reconnecting to our African ancient Egyptian ancestors and to answer also the question or the response that many give when to others that are studying this that that's feel good history and we're beyond that right and again thank you for your time sir Love to you and your queen.
7: Thank you so much, my sister. And I certainly appreciate you for bringing that to my attention about other books and so forth and so on. Um, Anyway, uh, when I come back on, uh, we can go into that uh, about other books and so forth and so on. Uh, But you have to have that foundation first. Because if you read a lot of other books, you don't have that foundation, you'd be confused. See, the only thing you'd be is whirling around in confusion, round and round and round in confusion. See, so I have to give you a foundation to read other books. And that I will try and do. Thank I, you. Yeah. Like I gave Brother Griff a foundation as to uh, the Nile Valley Civilization, so forth and so on, the countries that are considered that. So there's history that's. In what I gave him, there was history attached to that. So once he got the foundation down and I put that history in there, that would give him a stronger foundation. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. And again, thank you, uh, African family. I love you all. I really do. And I certainly appreciate you all for inviting me on to this program. The
9: I
6: I don't tell you, I love you, too, personally. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you.
7: Thank you so much.
6: All
5: right, all right. Well, that's the family on the line. Let me see, let me see. Here. That's all of the family right there. We just ran through a line. We ran through the first half already. They didn't have no more questions. We just hit the second half of the family y'all. Yeah. Um again Dr. uh let me see if
1: Brother Minkaro, you out there now. and may
6: I hold that. Just wanna um thank everybody for coming out. Thank the elder for coming out, giving his knowledge, his wisdom, his inspiration. Give us something to
1: defend and protect as an African family. And uh, have a good night. African, Egyptian power. All right,
5: all right. Well, we can't get this suiting back, and I don't know what's going on. We can't get the suiting back. uh, uh, the, the brother, uh, the Dr. Walter Williams line dropped. We can't get I'm looking to try to get it back in, but I don't know what happened on the line. I don't know what happened, but at the end of the day, we did have a wonderful show tonight. We definitely like to thank everybody for coming out. We'd like to thank Dr. Walter Williams for spending his black time right here with the family on the ground. Questions and just giving us a rundown of basic history. As you said, you know, we might as well just go ahead and uh, deal with what's going on right now, find out what happened to us in this last little go around since these Greeks popped up on us, find out what kind of beast we're dealing with right now because right now times is happening. So um, we always like to uh, thank the family for showing up out here on Feet on the Ground Radio. uh, We'll be back in Think Tank Thursday we'll have the brothers from uh, GDD720 will be hosting the uh, Supernova Islam, uh program. So we plan on having that brother come through, discussing the program on the 20th. We'll have that coming on this Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Something on the west side, the best side, everybody else lined up in between. With that, be, with that being said, though, um, you know, we're going to end off. We're going to end the show with a praise Nat Turner, to Garvey, Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad, Praise Harriet Tubman, Glory to Ida, and long live the spirit of Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. Be before we end. Is in the trunk. Thank you, too.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking
2: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli,
4: I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.